0: Is Jesus in the everyday?
1: This is the Good News Station, WCNO Palm City
0: Golden Rule Academy, K 12 Private Christian School. As parents, you want to make the best choice to empower your child to succeed. At Golden Rule Academy, we have the same goal. Let us help you educate and inspire your children to dream big. We offer accelerated curriculum, reasonable class sizes, caring and involved instructors, as well as art, music, physical ed, tutoring, and extracurricular music lessons, and of course, sports programs, including high school football. Our mission is to build confidence and to teach a love for learning. Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling for the 2012-2013 school year. Space is limited and scholarships are available for qualifying students. You can reach our office at 772-464-1597. That number again is 772-464-1597. the revealing truth and ignite your world incorporated thanks joey's cafe for their underwriting support of this week's broadcast joey's cafe is a family-owned and operated breakfast lunch and dinner experience specializing in affordable home-cooked meals joey's cafe is located at 6650 south highway 1 st lucy square plaza a mile and a half north of prima vista boulevard Golden Rule Academy K-12 Private Christian School. As parents, you want to make the best choice to empower your child to succeed. At Golden Rule Academy, we have the same goal. Let us help you educate and inspire your children to dream big. We offer accelerated curriculum, reasonable class sizes, caring and involved instructors, as well as art, music, physical ed, tutoring, and extracurricular music lessons, and of course, sports programs including high school football. Our mission is to build confidence and to teach a love for learning. Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling for the 2012-2013 school year. Space is limited and scholarships are available for qualifying students. You can reach our office at 772-464-1597. That number again is 772-464-1597. Good morning, I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you.
1: Jesus said in this life you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. Come on now. If having adversity and birthing promises means that a man is unanointed and has no faith, then Paul was the most unfaithful, most unanointed person in the Bible. Think about that. That dude suffered. Suffered. Hmm? Listen, can I just tell you, you know, we talk about word of faith and the faith message and faith churches, and we gotta have faith and we gotta confess faith and we gotta be in faith. We gotta gotta thank the Lord all the time. It's faith, 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 faith. How many know that the faith message was not given to people that had it all figured out? It wasn't given to people that had it all together, and it wasn't given to people that were perfect and, and had all their I's dotted and all their all their T's crossed. It wasn't for people that never encountered any problems. The faith message was for people like you and me that had issues. That have problems, amen? amen. Listen, if your faith was sitting on a shelf somewhere and it was never, never, never getting shook up, never getting tested, never getting poured out, never getting challenged, then we really don't know if you got any faith or not. Right. You know, I got faith. Here it is, right here on the shelf. Look at it, ain't pretty? My faith. Well, how do we know if it's worth anything? You ain't ever had to use it. Come on, somebody. But I tell you, you know how we find out when you got faith? It's when hell comes knocking on your front door. That's how we find out if you got faith. It's when the winds of opposition and the storms of life begin to blow in, and you're still standing in the middle of all that storm and all that wind and all that rain and all that oppression and all that stress. And you're standing there with your hands up and you're saying, If my God be for me, then who can be against me? My God is greater in me, and in me I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's how you know when you got some faith. Come on, somebody. It's when you wept all night and you buried tears into your pillow so wet that you've had to flip the pillow over on the other side because it's soaking wet. And you weep and you cry because of the torment and the pain. But when you get up in the morning, your spirit gets flooded with joy because weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's how we know you got faith. Faith is for tested people. Oh, Jesus. I told you this before. See, we all want the testimony, but none of us want the test. Mm. Greater is He that has stood up on the inside of me. I mean, because it ain't me, it's Him. Living on the inside of me. Oh, Jesus. See, that... This is when we understand that faith begins to come alive in us because we become dependent on God for what He says is true rather than the circumstances of our life that we see. Amen. It's when I know that I've been pressed beyond measure and I and I'm about to pop. Paul said, I was pressed beyond measure. That's some very strong language. It, it's a picture of being it's a picture of being quartered and drawn having a rope tied around this arm and this arm and this leg and this leg, and have four horses going in four different directions while someone's hitting them with a whip. That's where pressed beyond measure comes from. Paul said, I was pressed beyond measure. I don't know about you, but that's some pressure. Come on, amen. But I learned a few things. I learned what comforted me has now become an anointing in my life to where I can stand and believe God for things that I never could believe Him before. Because my faith has been tested in crucial times of ministry, in crucial times of my life where I didn't have nowhere to go except God. Mm. And let me just declare to you this morning, He's faithful.
0: Amen. He's faithful. Mm.
1: See this is really about learning the secrets to your pain. Understanding the value of what the suffering is. We talked a little bit about this in our Bible study in Romans. And Chapter 5 a few weeks ago. How suffering moves us into the blessing of God. And how we can rejoice in suffering. Can I just say this to you? Your ability to fulfill your destiny will always be in accordance to your threshold of pain. Let me try that again. Your ability to fulfill your destiny will always be in accordance to your threshold of pain. So that's where most people quit. It gets too painful. They want to live the dream, but the road to get through the dream is too painful. Pastor, what are you talking about? What are you trying to say to me? Listen, the value of a dream can only be determined by the price that you're willing to pay for it. Hmm. The value of a dream can only be determined by the price that you're willing to pay for. it. Listen, back in the old days, the old Pentecostals used to teach you, you got to pay the price. We don't have that teaching no more in the church. Now we come in with a bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And if you ain't going to bless me, I'm going to go to a place where they do bless me. And if you're going to preach about hell, see you later. But the old Pentecostals back in the day, they used to teach you got to pay a price. There's a cost involved. I mean, uh, listen to me. There's a a price to anything that you've ever received. If you didn't pay it, somebody else did. But somebody had to pay the price. Amen? If you want to own a home, there's a price to be paid. Come on, somebody. Somebody help me this morning. If you want to own a car, there's a price to be paid. If you, want to, if, you want to, if you want to have kids, there's a price to be paid. There's a sacrifice to be made. Amen? There's something that we've got to pay. There's a price for everything. So the issue today that we need to understand that this is not really about cost. It's not about what it costs. Listen, if I had to go to Tampa tonight because there was something in my destiny that God told me to get to Tampa and that I better be there at 6 o'clock, how many of you know I would call the airlines, I'd call the train station, I'd call the bus depot, I'd call a rental car, and I would pay whatever I had to pay to get to Tampa to get to my destiny. And the price would not be important to me. We understand that, don't we? See, listen to me very carefully. Some of us have been judging our promise and our dream by what we think it might cost us. And if it costs too much, then we don't want it. Mm. Well, i got to give up some of my time? Yeah. You mean i got to give up some of my resources? Yeah. You mean I have to go down there and search? I really don't want to see Truth Church grow because they might want me to be an usher. I really don't want to get there 15 minutes early. I love dragging in 10 after. Hmm? There's a cost to live the dream. There's a price to be paid to live the dream. You know why that's like that? Listen, this is, this is something that's really neat because this is an individual thing. Amen? Value is something that nobody else can determine for you. Only you can determine what's valuable for you. It's what value you put on it. Amen? How how many know only you can personally assign value? That's why one man's junk is another man's treasure. Hmm? Listen, when mom and dad moved up here, moved down here from Lakeland, and we were trying to build a drug rehab, me and dad went out with a car and a trailer. We found out what some of the garbage routes were, and we were driving around going to the trash, looking for used furniture for the drug rehab, what people were throwing out. Because we needed furniture. We put value on what somebody else was calling junk. Only you can determine what value is for you. Amen? Amen. Oh, somebody help me. Amen? Jesus. If you don't value Bible study, then you ain't going to get up early to study your Bible. You're not going to pay the cost. Amen? Amen? And you might say, well, it's good to read the Bible. It's good to study the Bible. I actually get a lot out of it when I do study it. Well, sure you do. Everybody knows if you read the Bible, you're going to learn something, dummy. <laughs> Obviously, hey amen. You're going to get something out of it. But it's not a matter of whether you get something out of it or not. It's how much do you value what you get. That's right, yeah. Come on, everybody okay? Am I helping anybody today? Sure. If you don't value intimate time with God, then you ain't going to set no time aside to spend with God. Because you don't put any value on it. If you don't put value on attending church, then you ain't going to come every Sunday and Wednesday. Because you don't want to pay the cost of what it's going to require for you to get down here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night for a Bible study, and you don't want to pay the price of what it's going to cost you to get down here on Sunday. Because you just might be too tired. Hmm? You don't value it. Come on somebody, help me. Am I helping you? Come on. That's why in sales, if I'm a used car salesman, and I, and I say, uh, uh, Brother Justin comes to me to my car lot and says, I want to buy a car from you, Jason. The first thing he's going to ask me is, how much does it cost? What's the price? What do I got to pay for that? How do you know that if I answer that question, then I'm not going to make much money as a salesman? My goal is not to answer that question. Come on. come on. What's my goal as a salesman? My goal as a salesman is to, is to get him to value that car the way I value the car. Look at it. It's all highway miles. Driven by a little old lady. Look, leather seats, seat warmers, sunroof. Look how nice this car is. Take it for a spin. Listen, I used to sell cars. They used to teach you that you would close 70% of the deals that you have if you'd get somebody to test drive. Because once somebody gets behind the wheel and drives it down the road, they take mental ownership of the car. Hmm? What am I doing? I'm building value into the car. I'm trying to get them to see. Because if I can get Justin to value it the way I'm valuing it, then he's going to pay the price that I want for it. Right. He's not going to come in and say, well, I think it's only worth 300." i am saying, no, it's worth 30000 Come on. Let me know what I'm talking about. Amen? Listen to me really carefully. See what Jesus has been doing in you is He's trying to get you to value your dream the way He values your dream. That's what He's trying to get you to do. But we don't value our dream the way Jesus wants us to value the dream. We don't value the dream the way Jesus values the dream. Amen? Because listen, if He can ever get you to value it the way He values it, then He knows that you'll be willing to pay whatever it takes to live the dream. Even if it requires your life. That's how we value the dream. Oh, Lord, help us. Hebrews 12 says, Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finish of our faith. Who for what? For the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising shame. In other words, there was nothing about the cross that Jesus liked. It was ugly. It was harsh. It was brutal. It was bloody. It was painful. It, it, it was death. There was nothing about the cross that Jesus liked. There was nothing about the cross that was pleasant to Jesus. Jesus didn't look at the cross and go, Oh, I think I'll let them nail me to that. They just sound so lovely. I mean, that's not the way Jesus viewed the cross. There was nothing enjoyable about it, even for the Son of God. But how many know Jesus did not put value on the cross? Come on, somebody. He saw beyond the cross to the promise. He saw beyond the cross to the dream. He saw beyond the cross to the vision. He saw 2012 right here on Sunday in Truth Church. He saw families being healed. He saw kids being straightened out. He saw kids in a school hearing the Gospel. He saw divorce rates going down. He saw people getting clean off of drugs. People getting clean off of alcohol. He saw people's lives changing in a miraculous way. And because of the joy of what He saw, He endured the cross. Because He valued you. Mm, Jesus. For the joy of the dream, He endured the cross. And now we have the plan of salvation. See, my God's a dreamer. My Jesus is a dreamer. And so are you. But you will only pay the price for a dream that you value. You're only willing to pay the cost. And you'll never die for anything that you don't value. You'll never lay your life down for anything that you don't value. You'll say, let bygones be bygones. Oh, well. I guess I'll move on. Hmm? Can I just tell you, there's some churches that have visions. I I wouldn't die on that mountain or on that hill. There's a church down the road, if you read their son, right here on 25th Street. It's a King James Version only. I mean, I wouldn't die on that hill. Hmm. Come on, amen. You might want to die on that hill. Go ahead. I ain't going to. Come on, somebody. Whew. I'm not going to die on the hill of whether or not we got an electric guitar or old pipe organ, where we use hymnals or words on a screen. I ain't dying on that hill. But if you say to me, Jason... There's a whole group of kids right here on the Treasure Coast. You have the opportunity to pull them out of a public school system that's full of secular humanism and take them the, the the tricks of hell. You can bring them into a Christian setting and give them a Christian education and put Jesus in them five days a week and you can disciple people in a church. I'll die on that hill. Amen. I'll give my life for that hill. I'll lay my life down. Come on, amen. Sure. I'll give everything I got to make that dream come to pass. I'll sweat, blood, toil, work, stay up late, Go the extra mile. Come early. Go late. For that dream. Listen to me this morning. I believe God wants you to begin to dream big dreams. He wants you to get prepared for some of the things that you've never gotten had before. But you've got to prepare yourself. Hmm. Because it's going to involve a price. You can't live the dream without ponying up. You're going to have to pay the price. No price, no dream. You will sit stagnant. And never achieve what God's called you to achieve. You say, well, I don't want pain. I don't like pain. I want to avoid pain. Listen, you're going to either have pain for not trying or you're going to have pain for trying. There's no escape in pain. Pain comes, amen? In John 15, Jesus said, if you don't bear no fruit, I'm going to cut you off and throw you in the fire. I'm going to prune you. Two verses later, He said, if you bear fruit, I'm going to cut you off and prune you. How I many of you pruned if you do and you pruned if you don't? That's how it is. You're getting pruned. So whether you sit there and not live your dream or whether you take a step of faith and embrace your dream, you're still going to get pruned. Come on, somebody. Either way, you're going to get it. But I'm willing to be pruned for something that's going to increase my life and cause me to move into another dimension of living and a greater place of victory and see what God put on the inside of me manifest on the outside. I'm willing to die for that. Amen. Hmm. Listen, there's going to be some areas of pain that are going to come into your life because of your dream. I'm being real with you this morning because I don't want nobody to leave here this morning going, I'm going to live the dream, live the dream, live the dream. And then you get your brains beat out later and go, well, He didn't tell me about that. Hmm? Listen, when you live the dream, there's the pain of disappointment. You're going to have to learn how to live with it. One of the most disappointing things for me that I discovered when living the dream is when I realized that people that I thought that were going to help me with my dream are really the very same people that celebrate what God's doing in me the least. The people I thought that loved me the most are the very same people that criticize me now. Disappointment. You're going to have to learn how to live with the pain of disappointment. Disappointment. You know how you do that? You learn not to put your expectations on people. But I had to learn through the pain of disappointment not to do that. I had to learn to put my expectations on God. David said this in Psalm 62. He said, my expectations are of Thee, O Lord. My expectations are on You. Listen, if you're waiting on Pastor Jason to make your dream a reality, then your expectations are in the wrong place. They're not in the right place. Remember Moses in Exodus 14? He's trying to get the people of Israel delivered. And they all were murmuring and wanting to kill him. He's trying to get them to the promised land. And they're just criticizing and complaining and trying to kill him. Come on somebody. The very people that he's trying to help the most are the very same people that's trying to kill him. You ever, you ever seen this on TV or anything? when it's a, some, they, they talk about Lifeguards. How I many know oftentimes a lifeguard will go out to rescue somebody, when they get out there to rescue them, the person they rescue and end up drowning the lifeguard? Because yeah. Yeah. they're in a panic. Come on, amen? And the lifeguard that was trying to save him ends up dead. That happens quite often, amen? So listen, when you begin to live out dreams, you recognize that there's a pain of disappointment. Not only is there a pain of disappointment, but you'll have the pain of change. See, change is a tough one for some of us. We all think, change, that's good. Change is good. But when we start going through the change, we go, ow, oh, that hurts. Ouch. Oh, oh! Stop. Stop. Can we just go back to the way things used to be? Huh? Change. That might be easy for some of you to change, but I've been around long enough to find out that all change is not easy. Some change is hard. And it's not just old people that are resistant to change. Old people get a bum rap. Everybody said, well, they're old. They don't want to change. They're stuck in their ways. That's not necessarily true. You can ask anybody that's got a 15-year-old teenage daughter that. They some of the hardest people in the world to change. Come on. Amen. I mean, you've got to get to a place in your life where you're, where you're living the dream, but you're not determined to do it your own way. You've got to be willing to change. You've got to endure the pain of change. Hmm? There's pain when change comes. <sighs> but listen, when you begin to realize that there's a dream on the inside of you, there's going to be some things that, you, that you're just going to change automatically. Things that you used to do that you don't do anymore, and now you're doing things that you never did. Amen. You're living a different life. You're starting to look like Jesus. Change comes. I mean, if Listen, if you've if, if you got a heart say, well, I'm going to go on a short-term mission trip. Jesus, I just thank you for the money I need for this mission trip. Lord, I thank you for the $1,500 I need to go, God, to Jamaica. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just all in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then you get a bonus check for $1,500. And you go, oh, boy, look here. $1,500. Honey, let's take the weekend and celebrate. And you go off for a weekend in Orlando and come back home to you. Lord, will you please just send the money so I'm going on this mission trip. I thank you, Lord, for the $1,500. Well, you just blew it. Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. Yeah, cool. You're praying, Lord, provide, and the Lord sends a bonus, and what do we do? Because we, our, we, our priorities aren't right. That's right. See, not only is change coming, but our priorities are going to change. Mm-hmm. We're going to put value on things that are more important. And we'll have changed priorities. Amen? Amen. Hmm. When you have a dream, it's not hard to have priorities. Proverbs says this way He said, See, where there's no vision, where there's no revealed purpose, where there's no plan, then the people perish.
0: Thank you for joining us today for The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Bombard. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 1130 a.m. right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida 34981 and ask for your free copy of The Love of the Father by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at IgniteYourWorld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth.
1: There's more than one way to support the WCNO ministry. Prayerfully and financially are only the two most obvious. But did you realize how important it is for you to let the programmers and corporate underwriters know that you heard about them right here at WCNO Radio? That's right. Always mention the call letters WCNO when you write, call, or visit the ministries or supporters of WCNO. That's WCNO.